All right, welcome everybody to episode number 20 of 357. I'm here, Dean, back with Kellen. And uh, actually, we're, we're coming off of you, know, you, you attending one of the one of the bigger games uh, a couple nights ago. Yeah. So I, I think we'll start off with that if you want to just. Yeah. So Tuesday night, I went to Bloomington to see Wisconsin at Indiana. And it was it was really fun. We had great seats. I was the third row behind the Wisconsin bench. Uh, it was actually it wasn't really behind the bench. It was pretty much dead center of half court i was on the very end of the bleacher uh that kind of like splits right in the middle there's like a little split that goes up into the actual uh stands but i was pretty much right behind uh, i was right behind all the um like ref stuff all the the media guys at that long table and then like across the court on the other side i saw i couldn't i didn't know who the other broadcaster was but uh, Billis was the other one. He was there at the game. And I mean, we were right there. It was pretty much eye level with the game. And I saw Johnny Davis, Trey Jackson Davis, um, Mike Woodson, a bunch of guys, the Indiana fans were getting into it. Like the, there are plenty of FU Brad chance, um, going around like constantly, like during a missed free throw, um, they would go. Brad didn't miss any free throws. He was actually really good, which sucked. But uh, he actually hit a huge three in someone's face too, which was a crowd silencer. But everyone was telling Greg, uh, Greg Gard, to shut up, and the refs they were they were getting really mad. Like I, I kind of agree, the officiating was bad. It was just inconsistent. But Indiana fans were getting really fired up, especially the student section. They were going crazy, and it was a really good game. It was kind of like the last Wisconsin-Indiana game, though. Like, Indiana beat themselves at the end with just turnovers, poor, just horrible shots. Uh, Xavier Johnson was 3 for 16, and they couldn't get any offense in the last, like, four minutes. Their last attempt at drawing up a three-point play was horrible. The fans were just everyone around me, all the, like, old diehard Indiana fans from, like, the Bob Knight era were just, like, shocked at, like, what kind of play that was. and. I mean, it wasn't the outcome I wanted. They lost 74 to 69, but it was a great experience, and um, I was happy to go. I mean, I'm always happy to go to Indiana games. I've actually never been to a game where they've won. I've been to three or four, and they've lost all of them, but that was definitely the most fun. That was Those are the best seats I've had, too. So it was yeah. great. I brought the candy stripe pants, too. Did you? That was yeah. a good choice. That's a that's not a good stat though. Have any of those have any of those games been like games they were supposed to win, or have you just gone against good good teams? Yeah, because I went against um, who did I go against? I went the first time I went it was against Purdue in the like Caleb Swan again era, and I think it was Creens last year or second last year, and okay. um, they got beat, and then I went against. Uh, it might have been the I forget who it was. I think it was Purdue again or Wisconsin again. It was one of the two, and they lost again, but it was closer. But that was the game I just saw was probably the closest because it was a three point game right at the end, and they fouled and they lost by five. Yeah, and I well, I was watching the live for the last few minutes. And it was just it was a very in, interesting move to call the timeout yourself when Wisconsin probably would have given you one. Uh, use up your last you know last timeout. I'm not going to get too much more into that, but then, you know, coming out of that, I think, was when they drew up that play 
been not not the best. No, it was horrible. Not the best chance to get your three point shot. Yeah. But yeah, no, we uh, probably the first big game since we've started this podcast that either one of us has been to. So good to get some takeaways from that. And now moving forward, we are going to hop into our picks for this weekend. We got eight games lined up like usual. But first, we got to recap Monday through Wednesday, uh, which is a very, very vanilla, very vanilla kind of week. Kind of just nobody did great. Nobody did awful. Uh, you you did make up a little bit of ground going four and two. Uh, so you, you had a game on me. I went three and three. Bones, two and four. He hit on a couple games that. The Tennessee was, one was big. Yeah, Tennessee was big. And it was, I I know they won by a lot. I think seventy six sixty three. It's not. It's not too too far off from. No, I asked you if they were gonna make if you were gonna make the same mistake again. I mean, you did, but you picked the wrong team. But I mean, yeah, I didn't see it coming either. So yeah, um, but yeah, we got him back on Memphis, Cincinnati for sure. Uh, Memphis took that one, but yeah, he went two and four. So you have about a three 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 games behind me. I'm seventy four fifty two. You're seventy one fifty five. And then Bones coming in at 58 and 68. Uh, but still, Bones definitely has a good chance to be in it, especially when we ramp up things towards the end of the season. Yeah. Uh, that that deficit will be nothing, basically nothing. Yeah. So exciting stuff on the way there. But uh, we're going to move on, though, into making our picks for this weekend, from Thursday through Sunday. And other than one game tonight, actually, our entire slate is Saturday and Sunday games, mainly Saturday. So, I mean, there are, there are, it is a solid slate, I'd say, today and tomorrow, but Saturday, Sunday are big, especially when you get to the top, the top premier games. Yeah. Uh, so, let's spotlight a few of those. Beginning in the SEC with uh, two of the top teams in that conference, Tennessee and Arkansas. This was the hardest game for me to pick. Uh, I just like, like I just made my pick kind of like going back and forth and both these teams are pretty hot too. Uh, Tennessee huge win against Kentucky and they've, they're on a winning streak. I don't know how long, but Arkansas was too. They were on eight games until they lost uh, at Alabama, I think by one point. And uh, it's not a horrible loss at all. Alabama's good team. And so is Arkansas and they rebounded perfectly. Um, but this is a tough game because this is like these are the two hottest teams in the SEC, and they're not the two best, but they're like the third and fourth best. And I feel like they match up pretty decently. And I just feel like Tennessee is the higher team right now. And uh, I have to pick Tennessee. Viscovi did really well in the game against Kentucky. So did uh, the freshman Kennedy Chandler, and. Uh, I feel like they'll take this one against Arkansas. Yeah, all right. So I'm going to agree with you here. I'm also going to take Tennessee. Um, yeah, another – I think it's going to be really close to really hot teams in the SEC. And Tennessee is going to be a team that is going to be so hard to predict when it comes to March because this is a team that has shown they can play with some of the best and they can lose with some of the worst. Um, they're, they're kind of like an Alabama, but um, – you know, their results haven't been as, as crazy, but they've, uh, yeah, they've played up to their competition, played far down to their competition. But I do think they're going to be hot coming off that Kentucky win. 
which they played great defense against them, hold held them to 63. Um, and that was that was at home. But Arkansas, I know super tough place to play, but I think uh, Tennessee has a talent here. And Arkansas, they're super hot, but I think they're kind of due for a little bit of regression. It's been, what, like nine, ten games now? Um, I think they're in a very similar situation to Providence, where they won a lot of games and then had that first really – huge test um well actually no arkansas is opera never mind scratch that but I, I still think it's a similar situation to providence where you have a hot team now playing another another elite team and just the wing streak can't last forever and i think for arkansas it ends here to a really hot tennessee team but i, I do think it'll be very close um and bones bones has not been working uh throughout the day so bones predictions will have to be <laughs> Uh, confirmed at a different time because the website will not let me choose. Oh, wait. All right. I, I didn't try this. I, I tried this a couple times throughout the day and it wasn't working, but I think they have it fixed now. So I'll kind of just put in his results as we go here. Um, try not to take too long, but he has Arkansas 71 70 close one, but he, another chance to make up some ground bones has been pretty hot with his sec picks. So I don't know. That might worry me a little yeah. bit, especially in a toss-up game like this. But uh, yeah, he's taking Arkansas by one. All right. So now moving on to the Big Ten, we got Illinois and Michigan State. Um, I'll, I'll take this one first. This was a game that was actually a lot easier going in than I'd expected to be in terms of picking it. I have Illinois winning this game. Uh, Michigan State, uh, they're coming off a rough loss at Penn State, one of the bottom feeders in the Big Ten. And I think we've just seen this this team kind of get exposed in the way that they, they don't have a proven shot maker that can lift them up when teams test them. Um, Christie, good player, but not the most consistent, uh, which which is to be expected. He's, he's, he's a freshman. Uh, I mean, Gabe Brown, Marcus Bingham, very good on the defensive end. Good offensive players, but... Are they? Would they be a number one option? Are are the, should they be a number one option on a top ten team? No, they they shouldn't. They shouldn't be your number one scoring option. Um, so I I think their their lack of a true true score to go to when things get tough has hurt them. And I just think this Illinois team has them outmatched at almost every level, especially on the inside. I mean, Kofi Coburn's dominated any center all year, and Michigan State they're good when they go up against you know athletic teams that don't have that true big. Kind of. I know a lot of Big Ten teams have a true big, and they've managed to beat a couple. But when you have Kofi Coburn just on a whole other level from even guys like EJ Liddell, although, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I guess I don't know the Big Ten as well as I should. Like, Coburn's like a level above, I'd say, I don't know. You got you got another Big Ten center? I'm, I'm trying to make a comparison. Zach Eady. Yeah, Zach Eady. Like, he's – He's a very good in his center, but yeah. over on a whole other level from him. And, um, yeah, this Michigan State team can't handle such a dominant force like that. Um, especially, I think, the guards on defense, Frazier, Plummer, uh, Michigan State's backcourt outside of Christie, it's who, Tyson Walker. And, I mean, that's it, it's a good backcourt, but not as good as Illinois. So, I got Illinois here. Yeah, I agree. I just – Michigan State's really not that good. It's at Michigan State, which will make it closer, I think. But they're just – like, I just don't think they're that good. They've won a lot of games. I mean, they're a well-coached team, too. 
And Illinois just had a bad loss at Rutgers, but I mean, Rutgers is really hot right now and Illinois shot terribly. And I just think Illinois just this matchup favors them so much. So I, I just have to pick Illinois. Yeah. And but we're starting to see a trend here. Bones going against both of us again. We agree Bones is not. He's taking Michigan State. He's taking Michigan State in the blowout, 82 to 60 at home. Um, so some big predictions there from Bones to see if he hits on him. Mm-hmm. All right. Moving over to the Big 12, the rematch of a bigger and bigger college basketball rivalry, Texas Tech and Texas. But now Texas gets to host. Not yeah. I mean, I'm reading that. I didn't even register that for a minute. I don't know why, but yeah, Texas is hosting this game. And I know last time I said I was going to pick Texas in this game, probably no matter what, but I completely changed my mind. I'm picking Texas Tech just because it's hard not to look at what they've done since that win and just say that they're they're just a better team. And Texas hasn't figured it out. And what's his name? Uh Trey Mitchell just said, and they just announced that he's stepping away for an indefinite amount of time from basketball. I don't know. Did they say a reason? I don't know if they gave a reason. I think it's just personal. personal. Yeah, some kind of something similar to like the Houston guards, but it's not for the season. For it's just indefinitely, and I mean that only hurts them. So I don't know. Maybe it would. I feel like for like Texas only that could like help them like losing guys temporarily because it like might give them some kind of chemistry that i don't know something different but i still think that this one is with texas tech and it's not like they're that far away from each i don't know texas is a pretty i don't know where both these colleges are so i can't really say that confidently that they're that close because they could be like an hour away or like five six hours away because it's texas but it's they're both in texas so there's texas tech fans and texas fans everywhere in that state so it's not like it's a huge home court advantage yeah uh well plus um this has been going on i think it was in the last month where texas tech fans um yeah i don't know i don't think i ever mentioned this in the random shit report so texas pretty much the way they do their season tickets i'm gonna go off topic for a little bit here uh the way they do their season tickets is uh for individual games they have a password um that season ticket holders they can enter in the password and then they get to pick what seats they want for oh i think you mentioned i heard about this yeah, they, they, they get to pick and the password was really easy texas tech fans got in and yes. sold out fire arena which for texas they have a huge arena for a school that's not as big on basketball um they're saying it's, it's going to be the first sellout for texas since the kevin durant years it shows how long it's been yeah since this team has had a packed, uh, packed arena. How big is there? They really haven't sold it out since then. That that's what I I believe I had saw. Yeah. Um, we can take a little pause to. to I, I I might be wrong, but I think I saw it. Now let me see. Yeah, I mean, I was I was right. It's the schools are six hours away, so <laughs> they're not really close. Texas is in Austin, and then Texas Tech is in Lubbock, which is, I mean, Austin's kind of close to Houston. It's like in San Antonio, it's that Southeastern by the Gulf part of Texas. And then Lubbock is up by Lubbock. Come on. Oh, is it Lubbock? Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Lubbock um, is by that like part that sticks out on top of the left by Oklahoma. Yeah. My bad. Lubbock. 
Um, no, you need to catch one of those things. Something like an. Eight- <laughs> hey, you're good. It's, it's, it's a, it is a Texas city. We're we're very far, very far from yeah, Texas. No bad Texas. Um, I, I'm I'm trying to find uh, a like a, a confirmation that it's their first sellout. I don't know, since in a while, I can't. But that's what I heard from somewhere. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm right. But um. Yeah, yeah, I, I read somewhere. Anyway, I, either way, it's going to be sold out, and it's going to be a lot of Texas Tech fans in there. Yeah. Um, and this is a game. There's actually there are two games that we're going to get to today that I would have picked the other team if it wasn't for a player not being there. And this team with, I mean, Texas, fifteen and one at home, only loss coming in a kind of a fluke game to Kansas State. They have been great at home this year, um, and. This is a game that I think if Trey Mitchell plays in, they would have. I would have picked them. I would have picked Texas to win, uh, even though despite all yeah. their shortcomings, what I've said about them this year. But without Trey Mitchell, uh, they're 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 going to need they're going to need people to rebound, especially um, with all of Texas Tech's athletic wings that they have. I'm expecting because of that, Bryson Williams, Kevin O'Banner, both to have solid games. I think they'll be the difference. I, I'd look for the you know, Texas Tech to win, win the rebounding battle. Whoever does win the rebounding battle will probably win the game. So I'm picking Texas Tech. And Bones, Bones took the school in Austin. They took Texas 69 to 51. So that is now three for three. Uh, Me and you agreeing, Bones not going the other way. Um, He really wants to make up some ground. All right, so now back to the Big Ten. We have Iowa and Ohio State featuring two of the best Big Ten players, two of the best players in the country facing off head-to-head. Yeah, you want to take this one? Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll take this one. Um, I mean, you you look at Iowa and Ohio State. They're two, two very – I don't want to say they're getting carried by individual guys, but they have two guys that are make up a big part of their teams, Iowa being Keegan Murray, Ohio State being E.J. Liddell. So I think when you pick this game, you kind of got to you, you got to look more into the supporting cast. And Iowa, um, a team that on paper hasn't had the same results, you know, Ohio State's had better results than them. But Iowa, I think, is a um, taller team overall. Ohio State has has pieces there, but they they're I, I, they're more of a backcourt oriented team. And when it comes to this game, I, I feel like Keegan Murray dominating – now not dominating, but I think Keegan Murray can outplay Liddell, especially with how you know I, I, Murray's quicker than Liddell, better finisher in tough, tough situations. Liddell, a good inside game, but kind of he's got to be on the block. He's got to be inside to sort of you know make what he wants to happen where Murray can fly all around the court, um, good finisher, good driver, all of that. But, um, yeah, I, I think Murray can outplay Liddell in this one uh, at Ohio State. I also think that, like I said, just Iowa being a more – a taller, more – I wouldn't say more athletic, but just their their style of play, I, I feel like, contrasts Ohio State and just the, the way that they play can help them take advantage of this game. And kind of an upset, but I think the, this one is what they need to get back on track. I'm going to disagree. So this will be our first game um, splitting, but I'm going to 
kind of go with a trend here. Ohio State's undefeated at home. They don't lose at home. And I was good at beating the teams that they should beat in the Big Ten. But, I mean, I don't – if I'm right, I'm pretty sure they don't have a that good of a Big Ten win. All their wins are against teams that are like – they should beat, but they don't really have a – I mean, their best Big Ten win is Indiana. And it was at home, the game where Chris Murray went nuts. Yeah, so that's their – but they've beaten all the teams that they should have beat. So, I mean – decent team in the big 10 they're obviously carried by keegan murray and every now and then bohannon chris murray and the rest of the team shows up and they have an 100 point game but this one's at ohio state they don't lose at home i think the supporting cast at ohio state is better they do lack guards especially they have some but they're young michi johnson's a freshman and they're a they're a bigger not a bigger team but they have they don't, have, they don't have as many guards. It's kind of similar to Iowa, like the main uh, guys with the balls on guys with who score on this team uh, are wings. In uh, I think Ohio State's better, and I think Zed Key and uh, what's EJ Odell are a better like duo than anything Iowa has with if you consider it the. Murray brothers or Keegan Murray and Bohannon. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think that that's one that really could go both ways. Um, I, I didn't hear the point. I uh, didn't realize the point about Ohio state being good at home. So that would definitely play a factor in it. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously like they're undefeated at home doesn't mean that they're, they're going to win because I, I'm, if we pick Indiana, Ohio state on, Monday, it's that that um, stats going out the window for me. So it's the only useful when uh, right now when I was playing them. But I still just I don't know. I'm not a fan of Iowa's team. I think I, I don't know. I just don't really love Keegan Murray, and I don't know. There's just something about Iowa that I'm just not a fan of. And I don't know. I just they're a team that I wouldn't want to see do good in March in March or go on a run. Yeah, and you, you make some good points. I, I forgot about Zed Key, so he's, he's definitely a big factor for them on the inside. Um, but Bones did agree with you. He's taken Ohio State. He took them 76-65. What's his final score? Uh, all right. So moving over to the SEC, Saturday game, we have Auburn and Florida. Uh, you want to take this one or you want me to take it? Yeah, I'm picking the upside with this one. I'm going Florida. Uh, Auburn – they're a different team when they play away and at home. I know last night they were down a little. I don't know if was it last night or whenever they played Vanderbilt. They were down at the in the beginning for a little bit. I think until halftime, but they got control. They won by 14, so it doesn't matter. But, I mean, their only loss – I don't. I think their other loss was at a neutral court against UConn, but their other loss was at Arkansas and Florida – is pretty much right in the middle of the SEC. They're a team that's gotten hit with injuries and just uh, they don't really have they don't have a ton of talent, honestly. They don't have a bunch of guards. They don't have that many scores either, which is a big thing. Castleton's great, and um, is it is it Appleby or Appleby? Tyree uh, Appleby. Appleby. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're. 
him and Fleming Jr. They're they're all right. They they both are ten point per game scores, but they don't they just don't have that one guard. Um, I guess Appleby, you could say he has his games, but uh, I I like Castleton to um, compete with Kessler in this one. They really don't have anyone for Jabari Smith, so this is kind of me going on a whim here with Florida, but. I mean, I have to do that every now and then to, especially right now, because I'm down in the standings or the record against you. But I mean, I feel like Auburn's going to take at least one more loss. And it's looking, I mean, it's, it needs to be this one or at, at Tennessee would be the best one. But if not that one, then at Florida, because I mean, a, a home loss to South Carolina or Ole Miss would not be good. And at Mississippi State is just okay. Like Florida, actually. Yeah. Give me Florida here. Big upset. This would be a huge win for Florida. And I mean, they probably have five-ish games left. Yeah. Five games left. Home against Auburn and Arkansas. If they could win those two, add Georgia, add Vanderbilt, and then home against Kentucky. Say they won four out of those, which is pretty un um, like that's not a really realistic uh four and one's not too realistic, but I mean, I feel like that kind of locks them in the tournament so 16 and 10 that would be 20 and 11 yeah they have a decent resume but yeah they have a tough schedule coming up yeah sec especially from the top all the way down i mean there are a couple teams at the bottom but for the most part it's going to be uh kind of a yeah grinded out gauntlet of a schedule so um yeah definitely tough schedule for Florida and this would be an opportunity for you to make us some ground because I'm going with Auburn. Uh, this is the other game I was talking about where if Florida has Colin Castleton, I'm picking Florida, but without Colin Castleton, it would just, I mean, it, it just sticks out that Florida does not have an interior guy. I mean, you look at their, everybody on Florida has everybody that Florida has available right now. That's averaging over five points a game. Nobody is over six foot seven. Um, Jabari Smith and Walker Kessler are both over six foot seven and they both terrorize people their height in the SEC, let alone people that are like three, four, even five inches shorter. So that stuck out to me in an Auburn team that has pretty much handled their business in the SEC. Apart from that uh, double OT loss to Arkansas. I, I, I think that'll be the difference. I think Florida can outplay them maybe in the backcourt. Uh, Wendell Green, Good player, but sometimes tries to do too much, you know, flying around in the core out there. Sometimes doesn't make the best decisions. And I do like Appleby as a player when he when he has a good night. He has a good night. We saw that back in the beginning of the season with the Ohio, uh, Ohio State game where he hit that buzzer beater for them to win, for them to win. But, um, yeah, I just think Smith and Kessler on the inside and nobody really to handle them for Florida is going to be the difference in this game for it. I mean, for a Florida team, that's just pretty much exactly average in the sec. I think Auburn can take advantage of this one. You said they don't have Castleton. No, he's out for the year. I thought I'm almost positive. He was. He's right? played the last two games. I know. Oh, yeah. Honestly, I, I haven't watched much of Florida. Yeah. So... I, I thought he was out. I knew he was injured. Oh. But I thought, I didn't know if you yeah, knew no. for this game specifically. Yeah, the last time I I watched uh, I watched their game. 
Um, maybe, maybe, I, maybe I was just listening. I probably was just hearing it wrong. Well, you know what? I, <laughs> I'm going to take both sides here because I just said if Castleton's back, I'm flipping to Florida. So, sorry, you're not going to be able to make up ground on this one because I am flipping. You have said that. Uh, yeah, you know. But I, I, I don't know. I, I, it was the – I haven't watched him, I don't think, since the Mississippi State game, which is like in, about a month ago. And he was out then, and I must have misheard the SEC network, guys, because I haven't watched a Florida game since, and I thought that he was out for the year. He's not out for the year. I don't know. I'm all over the place today. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm taking Florida then because Colin Castleton is the interior guy that can stop <laughs> Smith and Kessler. And I like their backcourt. I like Appleby. So I'm not taking Florida. Sorry for switching it up there, but – I misheard some information. Um, Bones is going with Auburn, though. So Bones took Auburn, again, disagreeing with both of us. He took them 82-54 blowout. So, yeah. Interesting picks there. I'm, I'm sorry. I must have. I must have missed. No, that's good. Yeah. I didn't know if you knew that he was, like, out for this game specifically. So I wanted to make sure because I was going to change my picks. I thought he was playing. Okay. Um, all right. So let's move on. We both picked Florida. Bones picked Auburn. Let's move on to the next one. We have the West Coast, two of the top teams in that conference facing off between San Francisco and St. Mary's. Um, I'll take this one first. St. Mary's, uh, a team that has handled, I mean, they've done pretty well in the West Coast Conference, apart from, you know, the imminent Gonzaga games, where they actually didn't look awful against them. 16-point loss is about as good as you're going to get against this Gonzaga team. Um, so not a bad performance by them, but, uh, I mean, just despite their, their, their hot right now, they're on a, they're on a 10 game win streak, but they also have, they face off against San Francisco about three weeks ago and they only beat them by two at home or no, I'm sorry, away, but now San Francisco gets to travel there. St. Mary's gets them at home. And I, I just think in this case, it's going to be whether Jamari Bouye and Khalil Shabazz can show up and have big games. And I think they will. I'm going to take San Francisco here. Uh, in that two-point loss, Bouye, 7 of 13, which is a good game. But Shabazz, only 3 of 8. They had to rely on uh, Masalski and Stefanini to help sort of carry the load. And that was also with a great game from Matthias Toss, 27 and 12. Um, do I think he does that again? I'm betting that he doesn't. Because Masalski, 6'9", 240, a uh, guy that got into foul trouble in this game. So they had to take him out uh, and just kind of, I mean, once he's taken out, he's kind of their, you know, big man that that can, that was the one guy that would be able to handle Toss. So when he's out, that caused Toss to just have his way, end up with that 27-12 and 12 stat line. Uh, but I'm betting that he doesn't get into foul trouble with, and that Shabazz is a little bit better. Boye keeps up his performance and that San Francisco gets to take this one away. So, yeah, but I, I, this is kind of a toss up of a game for me, at least. This was one of the, uh, it's a close game. Uh, and like, I think it'll be a close game, but I'm also going to pick San Francisco. They struggled a little bit in the West coast conference with the better teams, BYU, St. Mary's and Gonzaga. Bouye is a great player. He shot 60% from three last time against St. Mary's, and he's one of the best car, one of the best guards in um, the country. And 
I'm surprised he was not, I wouldn't say su- surprised, but maybe um, I think he, I would maybe replace him on one of those Naismith lists, probably the point guard one, because uh, I mean, I don't think he's really a point guard, but I think he could fit over some of those point guards in that list. But anyway, Bouye, Shabazz, like you said, San Francisco, I think on paper is honestly a better team than St. Mary's, but uh, they just have had some trouble, I guess, defending, playing defense against some of these teams. And um, I think they can get it done against St. Mary's. They've also played Gonzaga to a 16 point game. And I mean, it all comes down to defense. Cause I mean, you, we know uh, San Francisco can score and St. Mary's too. So this one comes down to defense. All right. Yeah. No, really, really, really toss up. I think it goes either way. But for all of us, we went unanimously with San Francisco as Bones also picked them by a score of 77-67. She's got a 10-point win for the Dons there. And I, I Sam, yes, I think we've all we've all kind of we looked at San Francisco since the beginning, one of the first hot mid-major teams that popped up. And you know, they've fallen fallen a little bit in West Coast play, but at St. Mary's is a like the perfect bounce back win to get because it's not super tough in Zaga, but yeah. This is the second best team in the West Coast this year, and they're they're good, but they're not world beaters. Um, all right, so moving over to the American, where we got our second straight episode picking an American game after just not barely covering them at all this year. Uh, but now we're going back to back, and it's another. I, I picked this game again because I think it's Memphis has has a good stretch of the schedule here, where it's two straight away games against solid American teams. And this one is on Sunday at three. Them going up against SMU, a team that's right in the bubble. You want to take this one? Uh, yeah. So this one was pretty close for me too. I went ended up going with SMU, and they did just have a thirteen point loss to Temple, who's not a great team. I mean, their Americans not that good of a conference, but I mean, it was kind of a weird game because. Um, Ty Strickland off the bench for Temple had 27 points. So it was kind of just one of those games where um, some guy happened to go off from Temple. And, I mean, he shot 8 for 14, but the team shot 30%, 31% from the field and 14% from three. So this guy off Temple was pretty much the only offense all night. The starters were combined, only made 11 shots out of, like, 40 or 50. So, um that was the only thing working for Temple that night. And SMU just had a slow game and they didn't have um, Kendrick Davis either. who's a huge piece for SMU. He's one of the best players in the American. I think he is the best and it's at SMU. So I think this is going to play into this win. And these might be the two, I wouldn't say the two best teams in the American, but I mean, they're right up there with Houston because we've seen both these teams beat them. So. Yep. Um, I agree with a lot of what you said there. I'm also taking SMU in this one. Uh, Kendrick Davis, huge part of this SMU team, and I totally agree with you. I, I'm not sure if he's the best player in the American. Definitely up there. Uh, I, I would probably actually yeah, lean him at number one right now. But um, I even said one of the most underrated players in the country. Great score. One of the best passers in the country for sure. Some of his vision passes he makes are crazy. Highly encourage people to check that out. 
This would be a perfect game to check him out as he goes up against Memphis. But you look at this SMU team. This is a team that has won. If if you take out because that Temple game, they were without Ken, they were without Davis. Yeah. And he's really the piece that makes this Mustangs team go. Um, they have they've won six of their last seven with him lineup. That one loss coming to Wichita State, a team that has almost as electric of a point guard in Tyson Etienne. It was kind of the perfect matchup to slow down Davis. Memphis, their weakness is that point guard spot. They don't have somebody like ETN that can guard Davis. So I think that's going to be the difference. Uh, SMU, the Weathers brothers, um, good wings that I think can do enough to slow down Williams and uh, Bates. Duran might be a problem. They don't really have a huge guy that can stop him, but I'm banking on the fact that the difference between Kendrick Davis and Memphis's point guards will be enough, especially at home. Home court advantage is going to be huge for them. Um, it's going to be enough for SMU to beat Memphis and get a key American win, especially with how hot Memphis has been. But Bones, again, he's switching up his picks. He is going with Memphis. He is taking Memphis 71 to 53. All right, so double digits. He's got a big win for Memphis. And another chance for him to make up some ground. All right, now on to our final matchup. Over to the Big East for a couple a couple solid Big East teams here, but it's going to be Marquette and Creighton. Um, I'll take this one first. I'm, I'm, or you want to take it? No, I was just going to ask what you thought. Yeah, so I'll take this one. Marquette, a team that's, I mean, really up and down at this point, even though they've been up and down in Big East play, still exceeding expectations in Shaka Smart's first year for sure. But they've, you know, two and two in the month of February. They have a win over Villanova. They also have a loss to Butler. Now they're on the road against a Creighton team, hungry for a good win on the bubble. They've won four of their last five, including a win over UConn, who Marquette lost to. So because of that, I am taking Creighton. I think these are – it was it might have been the toughest one for me to pick um, with these teams pretty much on paper having similar talent levels across the board. But the difference to me ended up being Creighton being more front court oriented, Ryan Hawkins, especially Ryan Kalkbrenner, I mean, 7'1", 256. And Marquette does have a guy to kind of uh, at least slow him down in Kirk Quath, but they don't really give Quath much minutes. He's only averaging five and a half points a game in, yeah, only 20 minutes. So that's, I mean – him all of a sudden getting this boosted role, which I'm expecting Smart to play him a little more against Cockrenner, um, could slow him down, but I don't think it's enough. Uh, Justin Lewis, they do have Alex O'Connell to guard him, either him or Daryl Morcel, who o- O'Connell, solid player, along with Ryan Nemhard, uh, one of the top freshmen that came in. So I think with Nemhard and O'Connell guarding Lewis and Morcel, or another one of Marquette's guards, and you got Cockbrenner and Hawkins on the inside, out-muscling whatever big, big man, big men Marquette decides to put on him. Um, that'll be the difference, and I'm taking Creighton, especially at home, too, home court advantage. Yeah, you said that pretty well. I'm going with Creighton, too, because uh, Marquette just lacks the size, and there are two up-and-down teams in the Big East, but I think Marquette's slowing down right now. And these are some must-win games for Creighton if they want to get in the tournament, and it's at home. So this this one's favor favors Creighton. 
All right. And Bones, look at that. Didn't even pick Marquette. He decided to go with Creighton to finish it off with a unanimous selection. Uh, he has Creighton in a blowout, 86 to 52, 34-point <laughs> win for the Blue Jays. And, yeah, just some interesting picks by Bones today, but he's always got some interesting picks for us. So sometimes they work out, sometimes they don't, but he has a major chance to make up some ground here. Uh, me and you actually only, only State and Iowa. That's the only game we picked different teams. Yeah, I think we're starting to get like our talking so much. Our our ideas are like fusing together. Yeah, we're starting to get similar opinions. I think that's what we got here. But um, yeah. So you guys come back here on Monday. Maybe not a big change in me or Kellen's records, but big chance for Bones to make up some ground if he hits on a few of these. Um, he's right in the game. Either way, he's still going to be in the game. Um, but a chance for him to make up some ground before we reach postseason play. All right, so now we are going to move on to – what are we moving on to? Bracketology. We are moving on to bracketology. For some reason, I thought we had – Bracketology. My brain was just – yeah. It was, it was thinking we had something else in between this and bracketology. We don't. We go right to bracketology, which is a good thing because yeah. – I love I love talking about these brackets. Lucas Harkins cooked up another one on Tuesday afternoon, uh, so it is missing the Tuesday and Wednesday results. But I think that also helps because it allows us to now look more into these matchups, and um, you know, have have the ability to where the upsets will stare at us even more than they would if we looked at this right when it came out on Tuesday. Um, if you get what I'm saying there. But yeah, another bracketology, Lucas Harkins, number three ranked bracketologist on the bracket matrix. And uh, he works over Heat Check CBB, highly recommended if you're a college basketball fan. They got a lot of good content there. And yeah, like we do every week, we're going to analyze it, look at some easy paths and tough paths, pretty much break this entire thing down. Um, yeah, any upset alerts, all that sort of thing. So you want to lead off here with any first, very first impressions, some some things that you just jumped out at you when you're looking at the bracket. Uh, yeah. So naturally, I looked to see where Indiana was, and uh, they're one of the last four in in a play-in game, 12 seed play-in game. Uh, Indiana SMU in the winner plays Texas. So I think either of those teams could. That's a upset alert for Texas because they're good, but they're just they're just one of those teams. It's just like. Are they? They're not really built for March, and they're going to be an easy pick to for like an upset pick. And I think most of the five twelves are exactly like that. Alabama, North Texas might be the exception, but I still think it's decent. I think Chattanooga, Michigan State is a prime example of one. Chattanooga, um, Malachi Smith, and uh, oh yeah, Michigan State's guards really don't have any answer for Malachi Smith um, in. I just feel like that's another good matchup, but uh, the other one, LSU, Michigan against Memphis, Memphis is an athletic team. So is LSU. So this would be a, that would be a great game. And then um, I also feel like Michigan would match up really well against LSU. So I think all the five twelves are pretty good here. At least for this in the 12 seeds favor. Yeah. Um, and I pretty much agree with you. I think even that Bama North Texas matchup, North Texas has uh, a couple solid pieces in Alabama. You've seen it before. If they have an off shooting night, watch out. Any they, any team can can take them. And I think North Texas 
Uh, two, I think two very similarly constructed teams, North Texas shoots a lot of, actually, no, they played a really slow pace. So no, two opposite, opposite teams. If North Texas controls that tempo, slows the game down. Um, Alabama could definitely be on upset alert, but I mean, Michigan state Chattanooga, that is like the perfect draw for Chattanooga. Yeah. Um, I think they have the answers for, for that Michigan state can't, you know, can't defend Michigan State backcourt problems. Chattanooga has Malachi Smith. Michigan State don't doesn't have a true big. Chattanooga has Silvio D'Souza. Boom, you got your two two best players. Um, that Michigan State doesn't really have a guy to answer. I know they have Max Christie. Max Christie's first March Madness game. I mean, I know there's there a lot of tough environments in the Big Ten, but no matter what, March Madness is it's going to hit you a little bit harder. Um, and I honestly think. I, I wouldn't I would hear you out if you would make the argument that in that 14 pod that Harkins has, the two lowest seeds are the two most talented teams in that pod. I mean, I'm not saying that's that's not what I'm saying, but I would hear you out if people had an argument for it. Because yeah. the 14 is Houston Iona, and Iona's still falling back a little bit in uh Mac play, but they're still a very talented team. Tyson Jolly, good scorer. Nelly Jr. Joseph, one of the best rim protectors in the country, um, and Houston. I mean, they, they've shown that they can still play well, even after they lost Marcus Sasser and uh, Tremont Mark, but started falling a little bit more in American play. Um, it wouldn't surprise me at all if if that's what the bracket was. We have a 12-13 second-round matchup between Chattanooga and Iona. Um, yeah, another – I mean, some of the things that jumped out at me, 6-11 – uh, in the West, Colorado State Davidson will be an awesome game. Oh, yeah. be one of those teams that have to lose in the first round because two of the best mid-major players in the country, Lee and Roddy, um, two fun offenses to watch. Uh, yeah, that that jumped out at me. Um, going over to actually, no, you we'll, we'll go back and forth. I, I talked about Michigan State Chattanooga. Uh, I'll just go to the next 6-11. I think the most bland matchup on the whole bracket, North Carolina Xavier. Those are just two disappointing teams that have just been kind of boring to watch. I hate North Carolina. I don't think Xavier's that interesting either. And I just think this, I mean, be great if they play because, I mean, I would, I don't know. I wouldn't hate, I would like to see Xavier go far because it's like a close team to me, so it'd be fun, but. I mean, I'd love to see North Carolina out because I just I don't think they're that good. I know their record is good, but I would love to see North Carolina out early. But I mean, also the other part of that four team pod, uh, Tennessee Liberty, that's a great matchup. Um, I do think Tennessee has the favor in that, though. Sure, Liberty has uh, Mickey, but Tennessee's got a good defense and they have plenty of guys who I think they could who could stop Liberty. So I don't think that's the best matchup for Liberty. And I think Tennessee matches up against um, that like four team pod pretty well. And I don't know. I feel like Tennessee, because if I'm assuming that the other part of that, St. Mary's, Miami, 7-10, and then Baylor coming out of the other game, say Baylor, Tennessee, I, I don't know. I give a good chance to Tennessee. I feel like they have a favorable half of their quadrant. Yeah. Um... I wouldn't I wouldn't Sharpie in Tennessee so fast and I, I would still favor Tennessee, but they're they have a good defense, but it just seems like some nights this year it's just 
yeah. And if one of those nights happens, they're going up against one of the the best shooters in the country, Darius McGee. Um, kind of like Steph Curry esque, where it's this underknown, uh, underrated guy having a big game to you know upset a big team. That's sort of what I could see, maybe if Liberty and Tennessee get drawn on a game like that. But yeah, other than that, I agree with you. I mean, if Tennessee, that that might be a tougher game than Xavier, North Carolina, um, because both those teams are disappointed, and if Tennessee makes it past Liberty, should be a should be going right to the Sweet Sixteen. Um, elsewhere, I was looking at uh, between the one seeds, kind of their paths, at least for the first, uh, at least to the Elite Eight. I saw Kansas and Arizona having probably the easiest routes with um, Arizona having to take on Michigan State and Houston. That's a dream matchup, a dream kind of pod. If you're Arizona, you might be playing Chattanooga or Iona in your Sweet 16, which um, is likely where those teams' runs end. But, I mean, I, I wouldn't put it completely out of the question, especially with Iona, because – actually, no, both these teams have bigs that I think can handle Coloco. I would disagree uh, with Kansas, though. You would. Um, I think Murray State – Tevin Brown's a good Cinderella story. And then I think Alabama's all over the place and could easily pull off an upset like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I honestly, I, I hadn't really thought about the Murray state, Murray state, Kansas matchup. I, I, I would disagree with you on Bama, but Murray state and San Francisco, I, yeah, I, I would definitely give it a possibility of them making it past Kansas. Um, but yeah, definitely, definitely some interesting roads for, both of those teams. Auburn, I think, has the best the best road of uh, one seed, followed by Gonzaga. Um, likely having to – I mean, Providence would probably be – or I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Auburn have the toughest road. I'm sorry. Kansas and – Kansas and zone, I would give the easiest. Auburn, I would give the toughest. Well, I thought two. you were talking about Arizona anyway. Oh, but yeah. Auburn, yeah I thought you meant Arizona anyway. But, yeah, I agree with Arizona having the easiest. Yeah. And I believe Auburn has the toughest – First off, I wouldn't even look past, I'd say like 90% chance they win over UNC Wilmington. But this that team's been hot in the Colonial, which is a solid conference. Uh, they took down Towson, I believe took down Delaware as well. I haven't seen too much of the team. I don't know who their main guys are. But from the results I'm seeing, they're uh, doing a good job in, this, in the Colonial. And they're hot. Wouldn't, I mean... That there's always sort of one one sixteen game each year that is close at least for the first half, and that starts to get America noticing. Yeah, is something happening here? The only time it worked out, of course, is with UMBC. But that's I think of crazy. all the, that's six, the only one, time. Yeah, I feel like it's. I don't know. It just feels like it should happen more, but yeah, uh, evolve the- for a reason. What was that? Uh, they're, they're, I was just saying, like, it should have, I feel like it should happen more than it has, but I mean, they're the, these teams are the one seeds for a reason. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't put it too past, too far past UNC Wilmington. Also, Longwood's gotten really hot in the Big South. I actually saw a clip Mid Major Madness or either Mid Major Madness or one of the other uh, college basketball Twitter accounts posted. And they got a great culture going down in Farmville, Virginia. That's the name of the town where Longwood is. That's that is a real place for people that are wondering. Farmville, Virginia is where Longwood's located, uh, top of the Big South, and they're they're selling out their arena. 
They're the students are Inuit. They got talented players. They're running the Big South, which is a league that Radford and Winthrop have run for a few years now. But they're they've risen up, and um, I believe it's I forgot his last name, but the uh, first name is Griff. Uh, their head coach is you know could, could have something going down there in Farmville. But I just want to give a shout out to them. I would not pick them over Kansas. Kind of a tough matchup there, but they are they are hot. But anyway, back to Auburn. I kind of went off. We found went off track about sixteen seeds. That, that's, that's on me. But I mean, we really love the mid majors, so we gotta we gotta talk about them when we can. Uh, but speaking of mid majors, Auburn I think could be on upset alert, especially with how they've played recently against either of these mid major uh, seeds that could be playing in the second round. Because below them in their eight nine matchup is Boise State, Loyola, Chicago, and the team that wins that Boise State a lot of athletic wings. Uh, them not having a true big might be the thing that hurts them um, in terms of whether they can get past Auburn, assuming they beat Loyola Chicago. But Loyola Chicago, if they beat Boise State, they do have uh, Ugwak, who I think is more of, a, more of a bigger rim threat, obviously not to the level of Kessler and Smith. But sometimes if you get, I mean, Lucas Williamson, I could see him having a big game. Uh, possibly yeah. take down. And I mean, Loyola, you you out, sorry, you always kind of consider Loyola because, I mean, they they might be the best Cinderella. T- I mean, they're definitely the best Cinderella team in the last five years. But I mean, oh yeah. I mean, they might be the most consistent and just the best Cinderella team because they they've had the elite eight. They've proved it. They can do it more than once, and they can um, knock off the big teams. So, I mean, they did it last year with Illinois. I think they were overseeded at one still, but um, I don't know. Maybe it, it's Auburn. Yeah. So. It'll be, definitely be a tougher game because it's a weaker Loyola team and a tougher one seed with Auburn. But, I mean, you're right. Definitely, I mean, you can't look past it. Yeah. And, I mean, the only other thing I had looking down at the bottom of that region, uh, he, he has, Harkin says, Purdue and Montana State in the 215. I, I would probably pick Purdue there. But then a 7-10 game where if you're Purdue, I would be rooting hard for Iowa State. Is that's kind of a polar opposite team in the opposite direction. Iowa State falling yeah. off a cliff in Big 12 play. Arkansas rising straight up in SEC play. Um, if Iowa State wins, easy pick Purdue. Yeah. If Arkansas wins with how Purdue's defense has been. That's a tough I'd, game. Yeah, it's, it's a tough game. And I would probably pick Arkansas. Yeah, you're right about that. And, I mean, even if they do win, say they beat Arkansas, I mean, they have the next – a a like – comparable defensive game against texas tech most likely or even usc if they win that's another defensive um heavy team but that's a tough uh i guess corner for purdue right there yeah i mean montana state don't get me started with montana state like really no i'm kidding i'm kidding (laughs) no i don't know anything about montana state but I, I know one player on Montana State. Uh, I, I don't even know. Are they in the uh, – hold on, let me, Big Sky? Yep, Big Sky. Yeah, that was a guess, but, like, um, no, I was just – yeah. I mean, I would – I don't know anything about Montana State, and, I mean, obviously I'll, I would pick Purdue, but, yeah, you can't really look past it, but <laughs> whatever. I don't think any of these one or two seeds I would give a legitimate chance to. But let me look at the 14. Yeah, 14s. 
No, it's, it's tough. Liberty. These these three seeds are good. These are good three yeah, seeds. Yeah, they are. I Liberty Tennessee would, would be the one yeah, I would look maybe at. Maybe Wagner, but I don't know. I I mean with Coburn, that's just a horrible matchup. Yeah. Pretty much any major against what'd you say? No, you go, you go, you go first. I don't know. I was just gonna say any of these teams like Yale and Duke. I mean, there's just a huge skill gap. I would be shocked if Duke um, I mean, unless the pressure of Coach K's last year got them that much and they just crumbled, then maybe, but I don't think Yale plays. I don't know. I think the Ivy League's not that good. Uh, Cleveland State. Uh, good Horizon team. Uh, yeah, maybe the are just give... too athletic. I, feel. I don't think they can. But yeah. I don't know. Maybe. Montana State, I, I don't know. I can't say anything. I don't Montana know. Montana State? I don't know anything about Montana State. In Long Beach State, I don't think anyone's – I don't think any mid-major teams touching Kentucky. Yeah. Sheboy is way too consistent. So is Wheeler generally. I don't think you're going to have – and Calipari in the – I mean, I hate talking of Kentucky like that, but uh, they're just too much of a like, just powerhouse. They're just – they're not the team to lose like that. I mean, I'm saying it now, so I don't want to jinx myself, but, like, they're really not the team to lose to a Long Beach State or even to – a 14 seed uh, if they ended up playing them. But I mean, yeah. I don't, I don't even see Kentucky really having a problem with any of those teams. I feel like they, they match up really well against Villanova if that was the case in the, in that corner, but Ohio state would probably be the toughest for them there. And against Kansas, that's a really good uh, section for or quadrant for Kentucky. For sure. Um, I mean, since we've talked about pretty much all the other matchups at this point, I want to go up to the four thirteens just for a little bit to wrap it up because yeah. I see three of the four, possibly even four of four, depending on how the teams do. Um, Thirteen seeds, I would give a good shot against the four seeds. Toledo, Wisconsin, Ryan Rollins versus Johnny Davis would be a, a super exciting matchup to watch. They also have JT Shoemate to handle uh, Tyler Wall and the other big man Wisconsin has, but it's mainly wall, at least from what I've seen. It's, I think it's, 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 crawl on Wisconsin, crawl and um, yeah, Vogue. Oh, he vote, yeah, they were all last year, right? Yeah, but he Vogue doesn't play, he doesn't play too much. I he, yeah, he played a lot against the other night because he did good the first time against Indiana, but their their bigs aren't anything special. Um, so yeah, I think those two teams match up super well. Toledo, uh, really good at, at scoring the ball. I mean, it, it is in the MAC, but they, they they have guys that can get buckets anywhere on the court against a lot of teams. And I think if they come out hot against Wisconsin, that could be tough. Providence, Vermont's the one that that I think is a tough matchup for Vermont. Yeah, I actually think Vermont's probably or no, it, I I'd, I'd still lean Iona. But Vermont might be the second best 13 seed here. They just get the best four seed in Providence. Um, Iona, I already talked about them. I could take them over Houston. And South Dakota State, a team that I, I if, if you're the high seed, manages to draw them in the first round, definitely cannot look past them because they got Baylor Skyerman. Uh, they've pretty much rolled through the summit without their either best or second best player, Noah Friedel. Um, and they hit threes, they defend well, they got a lot of wings. And if they come out hot like that against a UCLA team that we've seen struggle against 
some lesser competition at times. Um, South Dakota State would be a trendy upset pick to go with. So, but yeah, all those four through four thirteen matchups. I mean, even Vermont Providence. Providence still has the edge, but they they're all games where I would give the thirteen seed should have should yeah. have a fighting chance. These are like likable thirteen teams too. Like I would love to see any of these teams win. Toledo's you said a great scoring team, but Wisconsin's experienced, and I don't think they'll really beat themselves. I think Toledo will have to play really well to get that game. Vermont's another team who's been pretty consistent in the Northeast. I don't think they're in the Northeast. Is that? Uh, East, but it's just, it's the yeah, the, yeah, America East. That one. They're they're a great team. They're usually the top of that conference recently. And you're right, Providence is just a a tough draw and the most consistent out of those four seeds too. And Iona with Patino, it'd probably be my least favorite team to see go through that because I mean Patino, he's sure he's an experienced coach, uh, experienced coach, and he knows the tournament he's done well. But um, I'm not a huge fan of Iona. I think they're good, uh, definitely um, tournament material, but they do kind of have a lucky matchup with Houston. And then South Dakota State's a team that I would love to see go on a run. And UCLA has been really up and down and kind of questioning how legit they are. And South Dakota State can light it up really fast. So, yeah, I think they're the best three-point shooting team in college basketball. Yeah, yeah, I definitely up there for sure. They have a lot of shooters. Yeah, top five at least. I don't know what they're. I think they're first. But... Oh yeah, you you you're on off like yeah off your stats. They're yeah. They might... oh, okay. Wow. So like with percent, I can check real quick. I saw a, like a thing earlier today, and I, it was like top five, and I know they were in it, but I don't remember who was who was actually number one. Um, yeah, let me just check. Yeah, they're number one. Wow. Forty five percent from three. Virginia Tech and the. Uh, Purdue are second and third at around 41%, Liberty at 39, and then Colgate at 39. Colgate. The only team in here who's on the bottom five in the tournament is TCU. They're under 30%. Then was it South Florida, the team earlier this year that you were talking about bad offense? Yeah, they're the lowest. <laughs> they're, I think they're the only team under 25%. From three? or Yeah. Yeah, all that was um, from uh, three. Yeah, that that team cannot get a cannot get a bucket. Um, but yeah, no, this. I mean, as we get closer to selection Sunday, start to get up, get some more information on these teams. Um, we can talk more about the games. This this is a fun bracket to go through. I think there's a lot of upset potential on this one. Was there any other any other things you wanted to point out in the bracket? No, or, I think the yeah. bubble's all pretty good too. Do you, do you think? Um, yeah, let's let's just. I mean, real quick. I know you just said you didn't, you didn't, but I'm just going to say the, yeah. the team for listeners. Last four in: Harkins has Indiana, Memphis, Michigan, SMU. First four out: Belmont, VCU, Creighton, San Diego State. Um, as of right now, just based on resume alone, uh, I would probably the only change I would make is Michigan out for. There's really none of those first four out teams that I would hold up higher than the other i think they're all on similar levels if i had to pick one san diego state probably either san diego state or 
um, Belmont, but that would be in San Diego State. But yeah, other than that, I think the bubble looks pretty solid, at least to me. And you said no changes for you either. Yeah, I would keep it. I don't think any. Yeah, I think Michigan's pretty even with the first four out teams, and I mean, there's no reason to take any of them out if it's already like that. So. Yeah. Yeah. So. Lucas Harkins, in case you needed confirmation from us, you did a good job with the bubble. Yeah. Pat yourself in the back a little bit. All right, so we're going to wrap it up here with the random shit report. Um, that, that might have been longer than our game pick segment today, honestly. Yeah, that was pretty good. On that one. All right, but now we're going to finish it up. Random shit report back after it took a couple days off on uh, Monday. So I'll start with you. Do you have any? I got like a really just kind of minor one that's just kind of for fun. But uh, I hate North Carolina. and <laughs> They've lost at home to Pitt last night by nine to pit by nine at home and um yeah thought that was worth mentioning i don't hate north carolina in general i just hate their team this year and i don't think they're good i think they're overrated and i just an unlikable team so that was my random shit report yeah so i got two and one of them is actually just branching off of that um this is this is just hilarious to me north carolina like I said, down big to pit for most of the game. Yeah. I, mean, I think the score was closer than the than than it uh the game actually was. But I think they ended up losing by eight, which eight was a big enough margin where their quad four loss to pit bumped pit up to become a quad three loss <laughs> because it beating them by eight raised their net ranking enough to move that up a quadrant for UNC. Wow. So maybe it was just a high IQ move to lose to them by enough where it helps your resume just a little bit more, like at least from, at least in terms of quadrants, definitely hurts their chances of being a tournament team, but quad three instead of quad four, something the committee will look at. Also an update on IUPUI, the team that had to uh, hold open tryouts i actually saw a guy at the indiana game with the iupui jaguar sweatshirt and i felt bad i was just like <laughs> thankfully he's near he's yeah hopefully he lives by some better teams um, yeah. he's at the indiana game damn iupui fan out just out in public like that um yeah they are two and 20 they were two and 21 heading into monday and right after we went off air, they almost got their first D1 win with six guys. Um, they they lost 57-54 to the Illinois-Chicago Flames. Almost had them. Uh, game was, let's see, they were up by six at halftime. They had it. They had their first D1 win in their grasps. It was B.J. Maxwell who scored 14 for them. Um, also, Bakari Lestrap, who had 12, but at the end of the day, UIC was too much for them. So, their losing continues. When's their next game? They play again tonight. If anybody wants to check them out, 7 o'clock ESPN Plus. Robert Morris, 7 and 19. Don't remember, I don't remember, I wouldn't recommend watching the game, but maybe just in the box score after. Yes, yes. That, that would, I mean, I wouldn't blame you if you decide to do pretty much anything else in life than watch that game. But, you know, let me support the IUPUI Jaguars. Maybe um, we might have to 
pick on February 26th, their last regular season game. They are at home against the four and 21 Green Bay Phoenix. So that could be their best chance. Senior night, maybe they got a couple seniors yeah. in the roster. Uh, get that first. Get that first win. But, oh, yeah. one, another thing that I just wanted to mention, I just saw it yesterday and I, I found it again. Um, on Ken Palm, Dayton is the least experienced team in college basketball. They have 11 freshmen and four other guys who are sophomore, junior, and seniors. So four through those three years and 11 freshmen, which is crazy to me. And they're also ranked 50th in Ken Palm, which is the highest in the A-10. So a lot of, yeah, great future for the Flyers. And, I mean, I'm pretty sure they're one – I don't know. They have a huge win against Kansas. They have those really bad – um, losses at home from the beginning they're holding them back and say they won those three and I think they're 18 and eight so that would put them at 21 and five that's pretty close to I mean I think that's bubble material and they don't really have much of a tough schedule in the a10 left they just have a game their last game against Davidson and if they win that game and they went out I think they possibly could be considered for a um bubble team maybe they don't get it but i mean there's still the chance that they're second in the a10 one game behind davidson i mean they have a as good of a chance to win that tournament yeah and that's i mean crazy stat there they're the least experienced i would be very excited assuming the portal doesn't take a couple of them very excited if you're a dayton fan because like you said take take those three losses out i think we talk about them the same way we talk about davidson right now yeah um 21 5 have that win over kansas so, yeah, I mean, all those freshmen, a lot to be excited about over in Dayton. But, yeah, that'll do it for this episode. We had a lot of information packed in here. We'll see you guys all back here on Monday. Recap a big weekend. See you then.